It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here on a Monday morning. Well, it's Sunday afternoon, but for your intents and purposes, it's a Monday morning. And uh, we got some interesting stuff to get to. We'll talk some portal and we will talk some college football. The big news over the weekend was, of course, Michigan getting blasted by Georgia. You had Alabama just boa constrictor cincinnati on their way to the national title game which will be next monday uh you had a just absolutely insane rose bowl a lot of college football on this weekend uh some nfl going on right now you had michigan state just beat northwestern in a pretty ugly basketball game uh scott where do you want to get to first how are you how's well it's it's a new year I think I may have finally consumed all of the sweets and treats and goodies and everything left over from the holidays. I'm so throwing can... away everything that hasn't been consumed yet. So, yeah, that's my excuse to keep eating it. It's like, well, I'm, I don't want to throw it away. I don't want to waste it. You know, that one Reese's is going to stop the world from going around. Um, well, I'm doing good. Yesterday was uh, as boring as the college football playoff was. Yesterday was an awesome day of football. You had a close game in the Fiesta Bowl, two-point game. You had that insane Rose Bowl. I I can't remember one that – I don't even – I don't know. Some people would probably say, well, it wasn't good football. That was so much fun. It was awesome. I know. I get it. The defenses looked horrible. But that was so much fun. You had a kick return touchdown. You had, you know, quarterbacks running for 50 yard touchdowns. You had a guy break the bowl, the the NCAA bowl record for receiving yards. I bet the over and cash that thing in the middle of the third quarter. (laughs) I also had the CJ Stroud uh, passing yards over, which was 307 he ended up with like 570 <laughs> like my bets hit in early third quarter i was good i was coasting and just enjoying that that was nuts and that's one of those where you know oh the bulls bowl games don't matter the kids don't care about them like no man that was that was some passionate awesome football it was great it was super entertaining kentucky iowa down to the wire not as exciting with 37 points instead of 93. Uh, 
Notre Dame, Oklahoma State was a fun one too. I had Notre Dame in that one, so it wasn't as fun for me. But that that was one. You know, Scott, I do you I, okay? So, quick question, I guess. Do you like do you like listening to sports on the radio in general, and then football specifically? Not. I, not if I'm comparing it to TV, right? Um, it's a very different experience. I think it very much depends on the commentator, the crew that you're listening to. Like if you have a deadpan commentator on the radio, it's count me out. But you give me George Blaha yeah. on MSU football. <laughs> he got I'm <laughs> it. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather pipe his audio in on top of the, yeah. you know, the broadcast video, but. Yeah. So, so I was, I was doing some other stuff around the, around the apartment and I just had, I was streaming the Notre Dame radio broadcast on my headphones while I was doing some cleaning and and stuff around the apartment. And I love, there are a few things in, in life that I love more than the complete Homer radio analyst for a team who was like, you know, former player of that team. And, you know, like there, there was a, every call, like every Notre Dame passing play was a missed pass interference. It was, this, these guys are all over him. What, what do you expect him to do there? And then, you know, like there was a, an overturned call that was a fumble for Notre Dame. And this guy's going, no, let's go. Let's go. I'm like, this is just, I, I love Homer radio analysts. So that's one thing, like, I think football translates to the radio really well because you can kind of, you have the pause and you can set up the, the down and distance and play like basketball, hockey. Those are really tough to get a, a good flow on the radio, but football, I do enjoy listening on the radio and man, I love nowadays that we can like just stream, you know, radio online and you can just go to, to whatever the home team broadcast is for people who have never done that. I recommend it because you, you start to get a glimpse of the Homer radio out there. It's fantastic. Who is it on MSU? Like Jason Strayhorn. Yeah. Strayhorn. Yeah. Where he's just, he got it. He got it. George <laughs> just screaming. I swear. He's just up there screaming in George's ear and George is just like trying to be a professional. Jason, I have <laughs> things to say. I can't just give you 10 high fives in a row, buddy. Uh, no, it's great. It is. And you, I agree. I, football is great. I've listened to hockey. I've listened to basketball. It's it's a lot harder to build that mental image uh, to kind of watch yeah. the game. Ken Cal does a good job for the wings games uh, on the radio. He, is, he yeah. always has, but it's, it's just such a fast game that it's impossible to keep up with it. Yeah. So college football playoff, we have to touch on it uh, because it happened. Um some wish it didn't some wish for more of that kind of football um dan leach is melting down on twitter there's clearly two good teams in the country and the rest stink is what i learned from that kirby's march to the sea continues to its final destination (laughs) for to indianapolis i think for nick saban to bend the knee and turn the reins over to the next great football dynasty the george bulldogs yeah lucas Oil something Stadium. like that um yeah i you know a lot of people are taking this to the you know anti-expansion like well we see two blowouts so do we want to really see like eight blowouts i, I don't really 
want to expand the playoff, but I, I don't really buy that argument. Like, it just doesn't really do anything for me. The argument that I always laugh at is the, well, I, I heard this, I was listening to the Andy Staples show and he was talking specifically about Pitt, Michigan state. And they were like, yeah, man, fun football game. Just, you know, a good college football game. And Andy Staples, for those, he's a guy in The Athletic. He's a writer and podcaster for The Athletic. And he is about as pro-expansion as anybody in college football media. And he just kept, well, yeah, that was fun. But can you imagine if that game was a quarterfinal game? I'm like, as a Michigan State fan, like, just forget Joe in Lexington, Kentucky, who really doesn't care about that game being a playoff game. Me as a Michigan State fan, I would rather just see that as a as a Peach Bowl game and not as a playoff game because I know that my team is not worthy of a national championship. Like I don't need to see that. So I, I thought that was funny, but um I'll yeah, take I mean, it. Just you can give me the you can give me the playoff. I'll take it and run. Put it in East Lansing instead of down in that part of it, Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. And like you said, like two, if, if we expand it, we're just going to see eight blowouts. I mean, the games like Michigan state pit or Oklahoma state, Notre Dame, or that Rose bowl that we all saw, like that's the type of teams that are going to be in there. So that's oftentimes the type of football you're going to get. The problem is the problem right now is you have two to four teams each year at the very top. And then you have this Gulf, and then you have a well, suited um group of teams at at similar levels to each other but at the end of the day none of them can compete with that top level year and year out so there will come a day kevin where we get like two phenomenal semi-final finishes well i mean just a phenomenal national championship (laughs) yeah it will happen eventually but no i mean the best case scenario though did happen where Michigan got blasted and it was that thing was over what eight minutes of game time in and so for all the Michigan fans were ragging us in in 2015 because you know oh well I would rather win a a New Year's Six Bowl than get blown out like that in a playoff and just get embarrassed on national TV we were at least down 10 nothing at halftime like we were at least keeping people somewhat entertained for a half of football that that thing was over halfway through the first quarter so for a michigan state fan that was about best case scenario i was glad you know there was some rotten low-hanging fruit after that game for a michigan fan to say well we scored 11 points you didn't score any thankfully i didn't see at least in my little bubble I didn't see too many or maybe I don't ca- actually can't remember seeing anyone tweet that. So thank God no one was trying to make that argument. I don't think either game is anything you'd ever use as rivalry fodder. Uh, if you were trying to win an argument, right. <laughs> uh, but the, we've both the been thing, there and the, the best part was, is it just even, it, it even did right. out. Right. So, yep. so now we look to 2022 and this rivalry stays hot. And we're still 2-0 in the last two years. So, no, it's, you know, it was fun. It's a fun weekend of football and uh, a lot of football ahead of us in about nine months because there are two college football games left this season. But if you do want to get in on those games, there's still uh, the national title game and LSU Kansas State. 
can't forget about them. Uh, head over to DraftKings because they have supported the show. They have supported us. So we really appreciate them. If you are an NFL fan, if you are an NHL fan, if you're an NBA fan, uh, they got the action for you. Uh, for hockey fans, new customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game, win $100 in free bets if either team scores. Uh, if the sports book isn't available in your state yet, everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contest, football contest, basketball contest, you name it. DraftKings giving away all new customers free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we are a proud member. Throw down $1 on any NHL game, win $100 in free bets. If either team scores goal, promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, you know, we were kind of tossing around some ideas here, and uh, we have a long offseason ahead of us. We got plenty of content planned ahead of us, so stay with us again. The public service announcement, just because the football season is over, does not mean we are finished. By no means, uh, we have tons of offseason stuff to get to. So stay subscribed, stay with us. Um, but there, there was some transfer portal news here, and it kind of got us thinking um, it, with the transfer portal, with the guys that are graduating, with Kevin Jarvis even just announcing that he's foregoing a year of eligibility to go pro. And we were like, damn, dude, like we're going to have to get some guys incoming here. We, we only got, what, four portal guys coming in right now, which seems weird to say only, but uh, that's where we stand. We got a lot of guys outgoing. We got a lot of guys graduating. We got uh, some guys going to the NFL, some more guys possibly going to the NFL. And we're just kind of looking here as, as the portal gets a little bit hotter as the season is over for most teams. Um, what are we really looking for? What do we need to add to this roster? Are there any spots that we're looking to bolster with this, you know, pseudo free agency? Um, so we'll get to that as far as updating the current spots on the portal, uh, Kyle King defensive lineman. Uh, he was moving around a little bit, defensive tackle, defensive end. He decided to enter the portal since the last time that we spoke, Friend of the podcast, I don't know if we mentioned, Tyson Watson also entered the portal. And uh, in other news, Michael Dowell uh, has committed to Pitt, which was kind of a fun storyline there. He announced his commitment like two days after the Peach Bowl. Um, so he was probably pretty conflicted in watching that game from home. I don't think he was uh, suited up with the team. So that was an interesting storyline there. But um. Yeah, Scott, I, I guess we'll get to that now. So some positions that we desperately need to fill, um, some places that we need starters, some places that we need depth. Uh, where do we want to start here? Because I think there are some interesting positions that, you know, whether we're looking for, again, like, you know, you're not going to get Kenneth Walker type of impact, but do we need that bona fide day one starter or do we need some depth pieces to fill in some spots? Where do we want to start this conversation? Well, you mentioned Michael Dowell. He, I, th I think it's noteworthy that he's the youngest of three. So a long lineage of Dowell brothers uh, have played their last game in green and white, which, like I said, deserves a note. On the other side of the ball, we had one of those as well. Matt Allen, 
the youngest of the three Allen brothers who I don't know when the last time we didn't have either a dowel or an Allen <laughs> yeah, probably least like 2010 like I don't yeah know, I mean while. it would have been Jack Allen pre Jack Allen um and pre Andrew Dowell which yeah would have been early 2010s if not 2010 um so Matt Allen leaves and that's where I'm that's that was where I was getting to the very roundabout way to say the offense the offense the offense where I want to start I cut out for a second sorry the <laughs> offensive line Kevin I'll let you take the offensive line I it's a mess as you look Dude. into next year it's a total mess I think you have some notes down so go ahead and tee this one up the so first of all the Kevin Jarvis announcement that he was going pro like did that catch you off guard is that something you were even thinking about that totally caught me for a surprise when i saw it um my first thought was well he's a senior so he has to go like (laughs) so why make an announcement but then i looked it up he had an extra year of eligibility i think the last line in his letter was like i'm gonna forgo my remaining year of eligibility so that caught me off guard one that he could have stayed in the first place because i thought he was out of here we're getting all of our eligibility stuff mixed around these Dude, days. It's, all the waivers it's tough that now. have gone through red shirts and COVID years. And anyway, Jarvis had a year available. I didn't realize that him announcing for the draft surprised me because I just haven't heard any chatter about Kevin Jarvis in the draft at all. So, yeah. It's just kind of one of those like, you know, we had the same thing and we were just normal college students. Like by the end of our four years, let alone five or six or some of these guys, like you're just kind of ready to move on. And, you know, of course, in hindsight, I would love to go back to, to student life and college life. But, you know, that you get to that point in East Lansing where you're just kind of in this student bubble. You're just kind of like, ah. I just, it's time to go on to, to the next step. So maybe he was in that boat, but yeah, that leaves the offensive line, Kevin Jarvis, Matt Allen, AJR Curie, Luke Campbell, Blake Boyder, Dan Van Opstel, and James Ohanba all are currently, you know, from 2021 guys who will not be on the team in 2022, whether it's for graduation, the portal, the draft, whatever. Now, notably as well, it's something I forgot to bring up. Uh, there was just a report from Spartan Tailgate that Chris Kapilovich, uh basically rejected an offer from Lincoln Riley to be an offensive line coach over at USC, uh, which which is notable here in talking about the offensive line. Maybe he sees something in some of these younger guys to step up. But of these outgoing guys, 133 career starts between the this group Jarvis Boyder, Alan Campbell, our Curie. And you know, I was kind of thinking about this a little bit today. And there's no like it's it's like if you if you got a bunch of stuff to do around the house, right? We don't have to replace the furnace, right? We don't have to replace like Jack Conklin, but we have to shovel the driveway. We've got to clean out the pantry. We've got to make a run to the vet. We got to change the tires. We got to take down the Christmas decoration. Like it's just, it's a bunch of little stuff that, that adds up that we have to do. And you, you got a whole day ahead of you of work. It's, it's not the one giant task, but it's a bunch of little things. And that's kind of how I feel about this. Like 
you've got a bunch of pretty good guys leaving, but it, it totals up, man. It starts adding up pretty quick. And again, 133 total starts between the, these guys. And you're going to have to find whether it's someone in the portal, whether it's one of these young guys who a lot of, especially in the offensive line, like we just don't really hear much about what's going on in practice. So somebody's going to have to come in. Somebody's going to have to step up because we were, we were talking earlier, like with Jarrett Horst, that question mark leaves us with left tackle and one of the guard spots just being complete and total unknowns. Yeah. Did you happen to, I'm going to test your prep notes here. Uh, did you happen to write down total starts of offensive linemen who are not leaving, who are returning? Uh, I have not, but just kind of blowing through the roster here because I have it pulled up. Spencer Brown just got his first start. Uh, Duplain has a handful under his belt. You have uh, Nick, let's Simak see here. Nick Simak, and that's it. <laughs> and then Horst, if he comes back. And then, so right. you've got a couple dozen starts on the entire offensive line. Um, Most of them by Duplain. So this is this is the question. I, I gave you a warning before we started recording that I was going to ask you this. So hopefully Kevin's been considering it. But if the season started with this roster and you had to line up five guys to start, who are they? And yeah, bonus I, points if you can come up with a two deep. <laughs> Dude, you, so you, you brought this up to me before we started recording. I still don't have an answer. Like, it's just a total wild card. Like... If, if Horst is available, he'll be our left tackle. If, uh, obviously, Duplain will be one of those guard spots. Let's plug him in at left guard. You've got Samek, who will be the center. He's got plenty of experience there. He's played pretty well. Right guard, absolutely no idea. It'll be somebody that we have no, that has no experience. It'll be a Gino Vandemark. It'll be a Jacob Asaya. It'll be a Dallas Fincher. It'll be a Kevin Wigginton. Um, or, or an incoming transfer portal guy, right? Tackle Spencer Brown. Um, we were kind of talking about like, he had a pretty rough performance against Pitt. Uh, just, just from watching it, I, I need to go back and, and really focus on him and watching that game because he's going to be a centerpiece of this group moving forward. And I'm really curious to see kind of snap to snap, but from the times I was focused in on him, it was a little bit rough. That was a good front seven. It was a, a Pat Narduzzi defense and it was two good edge rushers. So it was a pretty tough task in his first start, but uh, I wouldn't, you know, lock him into a, an all big 10 team by any stretch. So I, man, that, that right guard spot and that left tackle spot, if Horst isn't coming back, you can just throw a dart at the dartboard, man, unless we bring in somebody from the portal again, you know, which is kind of the centerpiece of this conversation is, the offensive line is going to be a spot. I'm sure Mel Tucker is is calling, you know, portal guys daily at this point because need, need, need a starter there. Yeah, I mean, you look at where we were, let's say a few weeks ago versus now with the offensive line. If had Jarvis stayed, and I wasn't I wasn't thinking that back then because again, I didn't realize he had a year, but Jarvis would be a plug and play right guard. That's his most natural position. And Horst, we didn't really have reason to believe he wouldn't be back, um, but it is a big question mark. But those two could have filled out at, at least the first line. Now you're looking at major holes and youngsters where there aren't holes. So, yeah, 
Kapilovich, Tucker, they have their hands full with this group. Um, I think you've got to find a starter, at least one in the portal this year um, for that group. But nonetheless, even starters aside, depth too. I mean, we just don't have a lot there. Another position that feels like that is the edge rushers. We're losing Drew Jordan, who didn't – he may have had one or two starts this year but I, when Beasley was, was down. But um, then our two senior longtime defensive ends and Drew Beasley and Jacob Panashuk – not as many starts gone as the offensive line, but there's only two of those positions and both of our starters are gone. Um, you look at that, you're looking at Jeff Petrovsky at six one. Uh, you're looking at uh, it's Chris Bogles coming in as right. a transfer. Right. And yeah, I can see him. Who's number five. Come on. Tall guy. Fletcher. Fletcher, Fletcher. Thank you. Michael Fletcher, who got a lot of chances early in the year and just didn't seem to find a role this year. So seems to have the physical build for it, but just hasn't really come around. So who knows where he'll be. And beyond that, uh, it's, it's a pretty blank slate. Yeah. You got three incoming freshmen that, you know, again, Zion Young, Chase Carter, James Schott, all obviously wild cards as freshmen. Uh, Brandon Wright, we saw flash a little bit in the bowl game, but that's not an every down guy. That's a sub package third down guy. And then, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to find, you know, we rotated those guys a lot this year. When you talk about Panashuk, Beasley, Petrovsky, Jordan. So you're going to need to find four, I would guess. And you have one in Petrovsky and you have one with Bogle coming in. So there's two that you feel pretty decent about. You've got Brandon Wright, who again, sub package guy. And I, I don't know where that fourth one comes from. And, and even that we're sitting at like two and a half, because again, Brandon Wright, you can't put him in there on first down. So you have two and a half guys that you feel pretty comfortable with right now, because again, like I would love to put Michael Fletcher in that conversation, but he just hasn't really shown us at with any level of consistency. So he's got the frame. He's got all the talent in the world, but we're just still waiting there. Yeah. So I think, I mean, we already addressed one defensive end in, in the portal, Chris Bogle. Um, but I think there's more work to be done there. Um, even the youngsters, I mean, you're looking at true freshmen, but even a guy like Tyson Walker, who you would think would it be Watson up in Tyson. I Watson. did the same did thing. <laughs> All these walkers, Watson's Tyson's uh, it's basketball Tyson season. Watson. Now it's, it's tough. <laughs> Tyson Watson transferring out probably the best edge rusher in his class. Uh, I don't remember the full class, but I remember being excited about him. Kyle King, a versatile piece who was already seeing the field a little bit earlier in the year this season. He's out. So the cabinets are a little bare there. Um, We're bringing in some linebackers too, but again, unless we go to a four, three, it's going to be tough to really get them a lot of snaps outside of third down. I mean, you look at Aaron Brule who could potentially play like a stand-up end on a, you know, a lighter package, but um, that's our second position. And then the last one, which seems to be kind of a constant conversation lately is cornerback. Mm -hmm. A lot of this depends on health to Chuck Brantley's health. I mean, right now you've got Kimbrough Williams, Brantley and Lowry with extensive experience in this defense, at least this season Uh, going into next year, Kevin, if those four are healthy and happy, 
how do you feel about the cornerbacks room and do you need to bolster it more? I, I, I mean, I think you always need more corners, right? You're playing five defensive backs in general. You're, it's just one of those positions where you can't, it's like wide receiver. You can't have too many good wide receivers. You can't have too many good corners. So in that sense, I'm always open to more corners. Do we need, you know, a, a day one starter? It's tough because I, I do really like what I see in Chuck Brantley. I think that kid can be a star, but as we've mentioned, he's already had some shoulder problems that seem to be repetitive. And with that really thin frame, it's, it's tough to trust him and lock him in to a starting role for a 13 game season. So I like what we have there, but that's, again, it's tough to trust Kimbrough and Williams. I, I think Williams more than Kimbrough got better as the season went on and got a little bit more comfortable. Kimbrough, it just felt like he was just hit or miss. He was making some plays and then he was just lost. So he's got another off season in the system. He's got another off season of, of film of weight room of, of everything to, to get that thing figured out. It, it's tough. I, I do think again, as, as a blanket statement, we need more corners. It's just flat out. We need more competitive guys. Marky Lowry is, is another one who I, I like what we saw, but if we can get another guy who is more sure, more consistent, I'll take it. But Marky Lowry, that dude's physical. And again, it's, it's him and Brantley are pretty similar. They're smaller frames, but they are really physical in playing the run in playing the pass. And so they're guys who you just, you don't really trust the body to hold up over the long season. And unless you get significant progress in the off season to build up that strength. So yeah, long answer is that the short answer is yes. I will take another corner in the portal, please. And thank you. Of these three groups, we're talking about O-line, DNs, and corners. I'm probably the most confident in the corners that we already have. because Which is funny to say, right, with how this season went. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and that, that probably adds to what you said about always needing more corners. Like, if we happen to, you know, get better than what we have now, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining um Marky Lowry I wanted to talk about him because he it felt like he came on mid to late season and just started making plays as soon as he saw the field and he he started in the Peach Bowl um he was playing over Kimbrough who I don't even really recall seeing I wasn't paying attention that closely to numbers on the field but Marky Lowry might be in line to start next year as it's as it sits right now. And at times looked better than Ronald Williams. I think Williams has the longer frame that matches up well against, you know, top wide receivers on the outside. And that's probably why he was in that CB one slot the whole year, but Marky Lowry, I mean, he's a red shirt freshman. This was his first year burning any eligibility. He has three years left. So he's, on the same track as Brantley right now, it feels like Brantley was the, the youngster, right? The breakout young corner Lowry by eligibility is, is also a freshman. So potentially two studs. I think Lowry sticks out too, because whenever he makes a play, you see his hair and it like right. immediately <laughs> makes an impression in your brain that hair guy just made a great play. 
Um, but I really liked what he saw. He had a great bowl game again. You mentioned the physicality. If he can stay healthy, I love seeing quarter, corners that are willing to hit like that. Um, just makes it, yeah, those outsides when they're lining up on like a bubble screen, they get a clean release. It's fun to watch. Yeah, he'll come up and pop somebody. And and he was taken on blocks. Like he's he's the whole package. If in a physical plays the run, plays the pass. Now, obviously, he's got a lot to clean up, right? As as far as like consistent technique and and everything, all of these corners do. But when we're talking about a ceiling, and when we have another nine months to work on their games from now until the next, you know, kickoff, you can feel pretty confident in some of the the upward trajectory of some of these guys. And I think you know we we both do to a certain extent with a lot of players. So. The corners, again, did did they have a great year this year? No. Were there signs that they could be a lot better next year? Absolutely. And I think that's important to separate those two things. We wanted to talk about really quick, too. It's just so, you know, quick topic. It's hard to speculate on these guys. But, like, is there anybody, maybe not a specific player, but any position groups that you're like, man, we, we have a lot of guys, a lot of young guys, a lot of older guys. The depth is there. I would be surprised if we didn't see guys leaving the program through the portal. Are there any positions that you're expecting more guys from Michigan state entering the portal because it's a crowded room or whatever the case may be. So there are a couple position groups and then one position. So wide receivers, first of all, uh, especially if Jaden Reed sticks around um, there's a ton of talent in that room and it's only bolstering with more i mean the incoming class you've got guys like tyrell henry antonio gates other guys that can play two ways that'll probably just go to the other side for the sake of having somewhere to see the field um but wide receivers i mean we had a strong two deep this year none of them are leaving unless reed goes um you've got keon coleman waiting montori foster um You've got uh, Ian Stewart already in the portal. Ian Stewart, Cade McDonald, I think still has eligibility. Um, Terry Lockett, guy I was excited about yep. this offseason that we saw him a tiny bit, but not much. Um, and then like I mentioned the guys coming in. So, I mean, there's sure there's three positions for wide receivers, uh, most downs, but that's a lot of bodies. Um, and a lot of guys, certain folks are excited about in terms of their, you know, potential to be great players. And you, you know, you're just not going to keep that much talent around waiting forever. Um, so it's only a matter of uh, it's who and it's when, whether they stick around another year, we see one or two drop this season. Right. I mean, you, you said there's, there's three positions out there, but when you're talking about eight or nine guys, <laughs> the math is pretty simple there. So I, yeah, I'm with you there. Quarterback. I mean, just to specifically name a guy, I, I don't like doing this, but Hamp Fay, I I would like to see him go somewhere that he has a chance to play because we've talked about Peyton Thorne being a, a redshirt sophomore. And then you have Caton Hauser coming in with his uh, pedigree and Noah Kim sitting around there as a redshirt freshman too. I would be shocked if Hamp Faye stayed at Michigan State and started a game as the Michigan State Spartans quarterback. And that's nothing against him. It's just that Peyton Thorne had statistically a top, what, top three 
passing season of all time at Michigan State, and he's a sophomore. And then you've got an Elite 11 finalist coming in behind him this year. So that's a position, I guess, whether it's Hamp Fay or Noah Kim, that I would be surprised, you know, if if all of these guys in this room stayed. But to specifically target a guy since he was a freshman this year, and he's got plenty, you know, he's got all of his eligibility left. Um, I'll circle Hamp Fay as a guy who who is probably heading to other pastures, but yeah, the quarterbacks, man, only one guy plays. So it's, it's tough. So I've been asking you the last few months, if you, or at least weeks, if you think it's possible we have a QB controversy this year to bring it back to the peach bowl. If that game ended at the end of the third quarter, <laughs> we would have had a quarterback yeah, controversy this right. off season. It was already happening on Twitter. It was already happening. People were saying Thorne should transfer out. We should bring a like ready to play transfer in to compete again. The He's reached his ceiling. Um, but it it it's an interesting point because you're sitting there like if if he sit if he sits around that sits around if he continues to start for Michigan State for three more years, we may have. He seems like he's in this like perfect valley between like not good enough to have a chance at playing in the pros. Like he's better than that. He has a chance, but also he seems so unrefined that he could need three more years to really fulfill his potential. And we could have this perfect four year starter. Who's good enough to win a whole lot of games, just has a lot to tweak to be an NFL prospect. Well, it's, it's what we just saw with Brian Lewerke because he had the same, I mean, as a sophomore, he had an awesome season. Now, the problem with Brian Lewerke is he never got any better. And to to defend him a little bit, he had a bad offensive line and a bad running game the whole time he was here. It's not all Brian Lewerke's fault. But he was in that kind of similar mold where he was never good enough to leave early, but he was also good enough that you were like, all right, another season of Brian Lewerke? Like, all right, let's, let's see what we can do with this team. So maybe Peyton Thorne's in that same mold just hopefully he and the team around him uh, continue to improve and get better. Uh, that that's the, that was the problem with Brian Lewerke, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting when you, 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 again, we will go back to Michigan, the way that they tried to incorporate JJ McCarthy throughout this whole season. Cause they knew like, we don't want this kid to just pack up and leave and then be sitting here with only uh Cade McNamara as as our only guy like we want JJ McCarthy and this is the way to keep him so we got to make him happy speaking of quarterback controversies after that orange bowl where Cade had two picks and like under 50 percent completions JJ didn't look incredible but had a touchdown yeah to Uh, another freshman Andrew Anthony and that conversation was already bubbling a little bit uh throughout the season I think you're going to see an interesting offseason at the QB position this year. Um, but we'll get to that at a later date. Um, what do you think about the last position group that we kind of mentioned before? What do you think about the running backs? Because it's one of those spots, again, kind of like the corners last year, where it's like there's a bunch of guys and there's clearly playing time up for grabs. But we don't really feel great about any of them. Like Joyner 
transferred in. Like, can he transfer twice and salvage a career? He's going to have to sit out a year. That's tough, right? But Davion Prim, Jordan Simmons, Eli Collins, Donovan Eaglin. And then again, you've got, you know, guys coming in, Jalen Berger from the portal. And running back as a position where you can have a committee, but you can have a situation like Kenneth Walker where just one guy takes all the reps. So how do where are your heads at with the running back? Well, as a team, you you at least you want the, the one two punch like Michigan had, like most right. pro backfields try to have where both guys bring something to the table that can give a defense fits. With Jalen Berger, you have one of those guys. He's got certainly enough of a toolkit to be a problem, someone you have to game plan for. The problem is we we all watched the Peach Bowl, and it wasn't the offensive line's best game either, but we don't really have a serviceable back right now until Jalen Berger comes in, um, who you could really give, a, you know, not necessarily a lion's share, but at least a good chunk of, of touches to and, and expect an efficient running game. Um, so from a team perspective, I think you, you either got to see something in the spring or you got to bring another guy in. Um, and I, there was talk of bringing another 22 recruit in, in the spring, someone like, uh, what was his, I think Paul was his last name down Andrew in Texas, Paul, I think. Andrew Paul. Um, I don't know if he's refined and ready or not, but I think you got to have a second option better than what we have right now. Uh, from individual perspective, which guys could leave? I mean, Jordan Simmons and Eli Collins, I think, are at a point in their career where they're like, I want to be at least, if not a featured back, at least part of a tandem where I'm getting 30 to 50 plus percent of the touches. And I don't know if they're going to get that next year. So I think either of those guys could go. The younger guys, I think there's an opportunity to continue developing and try to exceed what, you know, what our backfield currently has. But I think Simmons and Collins if I saw that tweet pop up right now that they entered the portal, I don't think I'd be too surprised. Yeah. With those two guys, I think about Ladarius Jefferson who went from, I mean, kind of the same role as they had now at Michigan state when he was behind uh, LJ Scott, I want to say. And I'm trying to think it feels like he's been in college football for 20 years. Uh, but he's gone over to Western Michigan and taken a huge role. He's had something like 300 carries the last two years combined. So, yeah, maybe those two could could benefit from maybe taking a step down in competition, but having more work to themselves and and proving it. Like Eli Collins is a guy like I, I just for his sake, I, I feel like he could use a change of scenery. I, I, you know, he's he's had such a roller coaster of a career at Michigan State. And I know the fans support him. I, I know he's one of those guys that everybody loves and everybody wants to see succeed, but I just feel like he could use a change of scenery. Um, and Jordan Simmons, is he's a guy that's not from the state of Michigan, right? He's from Georgia. Um, I don't know. Again, we're just blindly speculating at this point, but you got a lot of guys and you've got not a lot of guys we feel super comfortable with. So you bring in a guy like Jalen Berger, who I think is the best running back on the roster as soon as he gets on campus. And I wonder what that does to that group. Yeah. The last group um, with a bit of a log jam is the safeties, which I think we'll touch on quickly. It's also a mess, but kind of a great, beautiful mess right now, because I think safety is one of our strong Guerrero, if not strongest positions on the team. 
Uh, we saw a little switch up in the Peach Bowl. Uh, so Xavier Henderson's still playing where he always plays. We'll see if he comes back next year. That's a decision that's still to be announced. Um, but Angelo Gross in the Peach Bowl moved back down to nickel, and Darius Snow, who had been starting in the nickel for the last handful of games, moved up to that second high safety position. Interesting because it's the same players. You know, if it was if if they had to put one different player in a natural position and move an already starter, then it might it'd be easier to explain. This is interesting. Like this is something they want to do in the future because maybe both guys feel more comfortable or they feel like in that tandem, um, it just gives us a better chance to win. But Kevin, anything you saw in the peach bowl, anything, any comment there? Yeah, I was, I was happy to see gross playing down towards the line of scrimmage. He made a couple plays in the fourth quarter, uh, a couple tackles for loss he just looks so much more comfortable when he's down closer to the action. You know, some guys thrive when they're up top and they get to, you know, kind of see everything play out and, and anticipate things. He's more of just a, you know, let his instincts go and, and figure it out in the chaos. So I like seeing gross playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, guys coming in, we've talked about, like, I think Jaden Mangum could be an awesome over the top, single high free safety now is he going to be ready for that as a true freshman i don't know but you're bringing in mangum you're bringing in malik spencer uh, you're bringing in a couple guys who can play that safety spot malcolm jones as well uh so yeah the the safeties again it's one of those spots you got two maybe three guys who can play but you're looking at especially if xavier henderson comes back you're looking at like five six guys who probably all individually think that they could be one of those two. So when, when push comes to shove and they realize that they're probably not, uh, whether it's now or the end of spring practice, you might see one or two of these guys heading out. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned how many youngsters we have Dylan Tatum and Jaden Mangum are two incoming freshmen who they're going to want to get on the field as freshmen, both safeties. If Xavier Henderson comes back, we, have all the starting safeties we need already. So it's going to be an exciting position group, um, but it would be. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those, I mean, position meetings, on-field practices, drills, like that's going to be a competitive group because you got a lot of talent there fighting for two spots. That'd be fun. Yeah. So safeties again, same conversation with the other, you know, quarterback with wide, uh, yeah, wide receiver, uh, running back there's only so many starting jobs on the field in each of these position groups and thankfully in these groups we're talking about now we have uh, quite a few solid players um, so it's I, I guess a good problem to have but this day and age in football that door is going to open for some of them yeah so I think we can wrap that up there I think that you know we we've got a lot of portal stuff still to come yeah, the season just ended. Coaches are are back in recruiting mode and recruiting nowadays. It doesn't only mean high schoolers. It means high schoolers and uh, kids on other rosters. So the coaches are making their phone calls. They're making their visits. And uh, I'm sure we'll see some news start to trickle through here in the next uh, few weeks. So stay with us, stay subscribed, stay with us on social media. Scott mentioned last week, if you are listening on Spotify, 
give us a little review. It takes like two seconds. Just when you click on the page, the option will be there. Give us five stars. We would really appreciate that. Uh, the support is, is much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, if you're on Apple and you haven't left us a, a review on there as well, please, please, please uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow the Facebook group as well. All of those links are in the episode notes. So just click on this episode. The links are there. We'll take you right to it. So uh, on top of all of that, one kind request is to also share the podcast. You know, you got the season coming to an end, but as you're in your group chats and you're talking about, oh, like it's nine more months until Michigan State football, you can tell them, well, I've got your fix. I've got a podcast that you can listen to. And they talk about Michigan State football the whole year. So you don't have to, to be in this despair of, of no Michigan State football talk. So we really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, anything else before we wrap it up? Hope everybody's Sundays are going better than the Lions first half. It's 31 to 7 right now. Oh, Jesus. So I was I was planning worked. on watching the second half, but that my plans have immediately changed. No, I got nothing. We'll have more news um, next episode, but I'm all I'm all set. All right, let's get out of here. I uh, hope everybody, like Scott says, has a, a good rest of your weekend and and back to kind of that normal work week after the the lazy between Christmas and New Year's. And we're all back to normal life here. So hope everybody enjoys. Hope it's not too stressful for people. And uh, yeah, until then, go green. Go white. Take care, folks.